Welcome to the Ether. Today is Saturday, October 29th, 2022. Today on the Ether, the Tick Money AMA, hosted by Dr. Doscoin with Orbital Command. Let's take a listen. It's about to go down. This is Dr. Doscoin coming to you from the Orbital Command account. And today we will be chatting with Tick Money. Of course, we are right on the hour. It is 7 o'clock a.m. Queensland time and 9 p.m. UTC. And what I'm going to do is just bring up the guest of the day, that is Tick. And we're going to spend the next hour just getting to know what's going on, what's been happening at Tick HQ. And there's some big announcements on the way, I believe. And by the end of the call, I hope that everyone leaves feeling a little more informed and a little more up to date on what the what is on the horizon for this project. Hello, Tick. Can you now hear me? I can see you are a speaker. Yes, sir. Good morning, all. Or hey. good afternoon, good night, wherever you guys based. GM to wherever you are in the world. <laughs> exactly. Well, thank we're you about for to you having me, guys. Are you, where about to you guys, sir? Um, based in Sydney, Australia. Uh, hey, so yes, I did uh, see that on your eight, LinkedIn. 8 a.m., uh, nice and early on a Sunday morning. Uh, hey, that's the way to do it. I, um, I'm just going to lay it out. So for anyone that's joining on the call, as per usual, all calls are recorded by Terraspaces. Uh, you'll be able to visit this later on on terraspaces.org. Uh, Teak Money, today we're going to get to know a bit about what's going on and we're going to find out a few things uh, that you may not already know, hopefully. So as we get this conversation going, I'm sure more people will flock in. Uh, Mr. Well, are we, are we Anon? Are we, do we have a name? What's the... Yeah, no, we're not Anon, unfortunately. Um, yeah, so my name is Bernie. I'm the co-founder at TIC. Um, All of the things that I'm looking after is mostly, I what I like to say, the fun stuff. Uh, so all the product-related things. Um, Fantastic. Yeah, so uh, you can find me also at Bernie at TIC Money. Uh, you see my very smiley face in there. <laughs> There you have it. So, Bernie, obviously, I know that you and I have been in communication for a little bit, and I know that uh, Teak has been around for probably longer than most people realize. Can you maybe give us a little bit of a quick synopsis of the history of mm-hmm. Teak? Yeah, absolutely. So, we started the project, I think it was in the middle of um, our first or second COVID lockdown that we had here in Australia. Um, my background is in fintech um, and i've been building consumer facing product for you know my entire careers um, mostly in personal management finance and payments Um, so i guess how the project came about we were um, i guess in the middle of uh, DeFi summer or like shortly after DeFi summer and um, we were basically thinking what would happen if we were to bring, um, you know, like DeFi yields to a world where yields were really much 0% um, to the everyday people um, in a way that is, you know, easy to use and understandable for anyone to interact with. So um, that would have been, call it like mid 2020. Um, So, I've just like floated the concept slash idea uh, with some of my co-founder, which at the time, um, you know, like one of them, one of my best mate from the university day and another one, just a friend of ours. Um, and then we were like, okay, this is interesting. Let's see effectively how this is going to play out. Um, also at the time, I guess, uh, you know, like DeFi yields were very much well above double digits 
So anything, you know, almost like below triple digits, it was very much considered a very safe yield. Um, and at the same time, um, Anchor started out, or like the first web paper of Anchor came out. And we were like, okay, wow, um, this is very much something that is very interesting. Um, and plus, you know, like we all bought in very much into the Terra Money mission of building decentralized money for a decentralized world. Um, so, you know, with a concept in end, uh, we went and talked to, you know, lawyers, uh, not the so much fun part, but I guess some sort somewhat necessary um, to understand how to best structure this product. Um, we come up with a bespoke legal structure at the time on how to bring, um, namely, Anchor to, um, to the masses. Um, and then, you know, after we sorted out, we effectively started building and fundraising. You know, as part of our fundraise, fundraising effort, um, in the fall of 2021, we were selected as um, one of the project um, to be part of the CoinList Seed Batch um, Fall 21, and that really much gave us, you know, a bit of a boost when it was coming to, you know, like having this conversation with investors. Um, I guess you know why that is so. Um, I guess you can say prestigious or, you know, helpful for young startup was, well, I mean, I imagine most of, you know, you know, the Coinlist brand, um, but it was really much the fact that, you know, only a handful of company gets selected out of, you know, a thousand or something that put, get put in front of, um, get put in front of like the Coinlist investors. So, you know, this happens at the same time, we're talking to the guys at Terra, um, which, you know, they definitely needed people like us that are building um, utility for the stablecoin USD. Um, and, you know, we get basically put in front of the um, Terra ecosystem um, fund as well. Um, and that's effectively how we get put in touch with Jump, um, which was effectively one of the first, um, if not the first check-in um, and one of our lead in our seed round. Um, and then there will be just a bunch of other, you know, investor that comes by and on the premise of our thesis, which was very much around the fact that, you know, stable coins are the, um, most, and by one of the most interesting and probably, um, most powerful innovation of our time. And, uh, we need ways to get these stable coins into everyday people so they can effectively access better money than what they already have access to today. Um, so yeah, you know, we closed the seed round and off we went on building. Um, I would say pretty quietly. We haven't been very much, um, I think, public, um, you know, like on the community front, probably something that we could have done better. Um, and then I think, like, funnily enough, when we were about to launch, um, we launched 30 minutes prior um, the old Terra Money, um, you know, like, attack and the peg started. So, um, you know, we had a little list of uh, early adopters that we sent an email to. We were like, hey, we're live. And 30 minutes later, we had to shut everything down. Um, and you know, almost like start again from scratch. How's that timing? That's uh, a bit about as bad as it gets there. It's um, like in uh, Wolf of Wall Street. I don't know if you've seen that. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you have. But the whole story there is that uh, Jordan Belfort joined his joined his first firm on like the worst day in, in you know the stock market's history or something. But um, so you guys, you got in half an hour before it all went down. How did you recover? How have you survived? What has happened? Sort of, mm -hmm. you know, you a bit quiet over the three months. But oh, well, actually, my time's flying. That was five months ago now. Um, yeah. What's transpired over that time? And of course, um, you know, you're starting to be more vocal now. What, what's, um, what's happening? Let us know mm -hmm. what's going on there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, first of all, we were, um, and we, we all are, um, 
you're being very much impacted by what happened, like, you know, the majority of our community. Um, so, you know, very much a uh, type of PSDT, um, call it, you know, a good one or two months of very much trying to reassess things. Um, you know, everybody in the team was somewhat invested, impacted by um, what happened um, at a pretty large scale. And also, like, you know, we had investors' money that we luckily, um, or maybe should I say, because we had some good processing in place, we managed to um, save at almost no loss. Um, but effectively, it was very much one of those near-death moments where um, we had to go back to the drawing board and, you know, like, ask ourselves, well, you know, assuming this is, um, you know, this is gone for now. Um, you know, we have to assure business continuity. We have to keep on building um, and following, you know, what our true beliefs are. What are we going to be doing now? Um, so, you know, at the time was very much unknown whether what was going to happen with Terra. Is it Terra going to have a stable coin? Is it Terra going to, um, you know, pivot completely and do something else? Is it Terra even going to be a thing? Um, so we really had to think about, you know, where do we find ourselves a base again? And then from there, we start rebuilding um, towards our own, um, you know, like vision. So, you know, we decided to start from the safest bet, which is, all right, let's start with everybody's side. Um, let's start on Ethereum. Um, and then, you know, let's build our infrastructure the way that we would have wanted to have it built on Terra. And then progressively, once we're in Ethereum, let's start, um, you know, like accepting more stable coin. Um, let's start accepting more network and let's start doing a bit more of the things that we want to do. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, at, at the same time, we were also like trying to understand what are we going to be doing with yield? Um, you know, yield was still one of the most pressing and um, an almost core component of our business, you know, with Anchor gone, we were always planning to diversify away from Anchor. Um, however, you know, we weren't planning to do it so soon. Um, so almost like we started really furiously looking at, um, you know, yield alternative and really delve into how yield is effectively generating the market and what, you know, what differentiates sustainable yield versus you know, call it non-sustainable yield. So we did a very deep dive on that. Um, so while we were, um, you know, calling so-called, you know, replatforming um, to EVM-based uh, blockchain, um, you know, we were doing a lot of research into, you know, the yield component, um, you know, almost at the same time, then CFI went down and that clearly sped up, uh, you know, uh, the learning curve into also what is not sustainable. And we recently, um, you know, landed on a few parameters of what make us very comfortable um, in, you know, offering to our customers and users in terms of yield and, you know, what is the roadmap to then, you know, diversify into a bit more um, probably like decentralized ways of, of generating yield. So, you know, like as part of these, anyways, we still like being assessing grants from the Terra community, um, which um, haven't been touched yet. We will be using those once uh, we finally start uh, bringing and accepting, you know, like um, stablecoin on Terra. Well, for now, it will be Axler, or, um, and hopefully, it's going to be sometime soon um, native USDC and perhaps USDT. Um, but really, you know, like we went through a, a very tumultuous time. Um, despite that, you know, we kept the steady ship. Um, we kept the, the ship steady and we kept on building towards our vision of becoming um, that one-stop wallet uh, for our user to utilize um, and bring their stablecoin into the real world. Um, also, something that I should mention is like, you know, in the midst of the wake of, you know, like Terra implosion, CIFA implosion, um, the 
the macroeconomic landscape completely changed, right? Um, so what was um, one day considered to be very low yield, like in the low tens, it becomes like almost like um, something very high. Um, and therefore, we also started thinking, well, you know, yield um, was to be the main uh, component of what we were doing or the main attractive component of what we were doing to start with, but now we need to do something else. Um, and that something else was very much, um, you know, like solving the biggest problem that we see at hand, which is how can people utilize the stable coin in their everyday life like cash? So, you know, like yield is a great component, but it's more of a small subset of what we want to do. It's a small subset of the wallet that we want to offer to our users. Um, and payments instead, I think, is almost the main um, focus that it hasn't really been solved. At least it hasn't been solved properly, um, you know, like for a stablecoin user in the space. So that's where we started putting a lot of effort into. Um, and that's what you hopefully um, will be able to see in the next coming um, weeks or months. Um, so where are we now today? Um, we have just released our alpha uh, product um, you know, to the market. It's going to be effectively officially launched on Monday. Um, it's going to go out with to our base, to our social medias, and to the community. Um, and we have something, um, you know, line up with a bunch of our friends um, at Gate.io and at Galaxy. Um, we will be doing a little, um, you know, NFT drop to commemorate, um, you know, the TIC founding members, um, what the NFT uh, might represent down the line. I don't know. That's classified. I'll, I'll leave you out. I was, I was just about to say. I was just about to say you're dropping a little bit of alpha on us here. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Hey. So it's, it's up to you to pick it up. <laughs> Whether you want to pick it up or not. Cool. Um, so that's for people on Gate IO and Galaxy. Well, so so that's a partnership that has been done uh, with Gate IO, which is one of our investors, by the way, um, and Galaxy, which is like somebody. Uh, that you know we've been working with and you know talking to for a very long time um so we will be doing um our own nft drop for you know our user followers um and community members on galaxy um and you know they will just help us spread the word so almost it's going to be something that you it'll be very easy to you know to obtain um but like you just need to be basically pay attention when that happens. Um, so that will happen tomorrow um, at 6 p.m. Australia time. Um, you will be able to meet for six, well, a week. So till the 7th of November, 3 p.m. Uh, Sydney time. Um, and then there will be a bunch more interesting announcement um, on the payment side of things, uh, which I can probably just like not share everything until it's fully public. Uh, but all I can say is that, uh, you know, one of the two usual suspects, um, you know, um, of payment processor, card processes, um, or card issuers, should I say, um, is, um, I think, uh, exclusive partnership with us effectively um, making take the first um, you know business of its kind that ever been signed by one of these um, company um, and you know like this company put up quite a bunch of incentives and um, you know like sweetener on the table for us to be effectively bringing stable coin spending um, to the entire APEC region to start with. Um, and then hopefully, you know, in more and more countries. And um, that will be part of a bigger, um, I guess, PR release. And, you know, there'll be some press about it. This is like, if I'm not wrong, my co-founder 
was telling me how there's only seven other companies in the world that right now have a similar um, type of agreement with these, um, you know, with this Karishua, and like we will be the eighth one and the only one in APAC. Um, so hopefully some uh, very exciting things on the payment front happening. Yeah, fantastic. So for anyone that's just joined the conversation or is still not completely familiar with what Teak money is, uh, it is a one-stop digital wallet en- enabling you to grow, spend and earn. Uh, and the aim is to simplify the access to a fair, open and inclusive uh, financial system. What precedes that in your self, you know, that's one of your descriptions uh, available on your website and so on and so forth, is it says, we exist because traditional finance is broken. Can I just get a quick TLDR on, on in what ways is it broken and, and, and what was the, yeah, what do you have to say there? Yeah, of course. Um, I mean, as a, you know, like for those that missed here earlier, um, my background has been in, I mean, maybe not so much traditional finance, but fintech for my career. So, you know, I've been building products for like millions of people. Um, and I was like in the trenches seeing, you know, what effectively happens behind the scenes. Um, I think, you know, what really is glaringly obvious is that finance on its own, um, it's almost like they don't care whether they're user, customers, clients, or whatever you want to call it, they're actually winning. Um, So if you go to a financial advisor, you go to a bank, you go to, um, you know, like an investment platform, they literally don't care whether you have a good outcome or not. Um, all the care is that you go and, um, you know, place a transaction to them, become a client of theirs, because that's how they're going to win. They don't necessarily win only if you win. They're winning, they're winning regardless, or you're winning or losing. They just want you to play. Um, so, you know, like that is something that, for somebody, you know, been in crypto long enough that I guess I shared the ethos of hopefully many of us that we believe that financial instruments should be something open to all. There should be something that is not just accessible to, you know, a few fortunate or to an elite of people. And it should most importantly have an ethos where allows people to be on the winning side of things. So, um, and when I say that, I mean that, you know, if you do doing things on your own, so for instance, if you are your own bank, if you're managing your own keys, if you do, you know, if you do crypto by yourself, then, you know, like you are willingly know what's happening. So you might catch under X, you might get absolutely wrecked. Um, but that's on you, right? That's your decision. And, you know, like that's, and you have all the rights to do that. But if you go and deal with a financial institution or a technology company or, um, you know, a third party that helps you, um, you know, onboarding into that journey, then the interest of that company, the interest of that institution, they need to be aligned with the best interest of the users. Um, you know, for us, user is at the core of what we're doing. And we almost put ourselves in a position where, um, you know, as a company, we're not profiting unless, you know, our users are profiting and making money. Um, and that's something that I think is very important. And it's probably something that, you know, like, it has been learning crypto in game theory or, you know, like, whatever, which is really the most important thing um, in, you know, making sure the finance, you know, we having a healthy and good financial system is to have um, the interest of, you know, client users or people aligned with the interest of banks, uh, financial institution or financial service provider um, to make sure that these institutional financial service provider, they taking and they making the best choices in behalf of the users um and you know like the reason why we said that you know like financial system 
is not the financial system is not working in a way that we um you know very much satisfied with is because you um very much so often see a big misalignment into um you know what are the best interests of the users versus what are the best interests of a bank um and we are to very much change that um so you know as part of what we do as part of the um you know of the take grow component which is the inside of the product um you know we only charging a small percentage versus what is generated um and you know the big part is passed on to you the user um and we just retain a very small uh click of the yield that is generated um and we do that um only when you win right like so we wouldn't be charging a management fee uh if your investment is down 50% right um but you know it's it's not very um it's not very uh rare that you see for instance like you know investment funds banks and you know financial service provider they instead they go and say the clip uh, massive amounts of you know their users slash investors money regardless of performance and we think that's not really fair and that needs to change right so let's dig into that a little bit because you've got uh petite card is on its way again what was the eta roughly for the petite card yeah so i mean if it was up to me it would be already live um yep. you know um it's up but like we're just like working with these uh, giants that are be slow in their own ways. I guess that's the cons of going direct with these people as opposed to go, you know, through a third party like Principal Karishua. Um, that being said, I mean, we're hoping to have the first version of, uh, you know, of a usable card uh, for online payments only to start with, um, hopefully by the end of this year. Um, we aiming internally for um you know prior to christmas uh but then really it's very much depending on uh you know on on the car provider whether they can uh sort their you know so, so, sort of sort of few things out and um you know accelerate on um you know few outstanding items that we're just waiting for us to effectively kick off development um on the positive side you know like a majority of my team have similar background to mine. Um, so, you know, we've been building, we've been building payments businesses um, in a previous life, um, mostly in uh, Buy Now Pelera. Um, you know, we build all the card program for this company called Zip. Um, and, um, you know, Zip is one of these Buy Now Pelera company that, um, you know, like boom, they had a boom and bust, I suppose as well. Um, you know, like in the past couple of years, but um you know like we're very familiar with all of this tech that we're building it's almost like our bread and butter so once we get in the final get go ahead it's going to be something that's relatively quick um for us to effectively implement and launch hello hello yep there you are bernie i lost you for a second i'm not sure what was happening but um ultimately what i caught at the end there was that you know you and the guys at teak were Builders of uh, Zip, Zip Pay, Zip Money, yeah. and, and so you've got extensive uh, experience in this area. And as of a couple of days, or as of just recently, you know, one of the bits of alpha that you dropped on your Telegram is that you've recently uh, stealth launched already. The web app is available to 149 countries. Um, mm -hmm. You know, obviously you're in Australia. You're based in Australia yourself. You said for people in Australia, uh, we are able to on ramp, off ramp fiat and deposit yep. usdc and anywhere yep. else in the world at the moment you can deposit usdc do you have a time sort of a timeline for when the uh off-ramping is available of fiat on ramp on ramp on ramp and off ramp of fiat well so like for australia we can already do that um so we do the full on and off ramp um so we can take any amount um in aud converting to usdc and then we can you know like where whether a user wants to redraw it back to a bank account, um, we can already do the off ramp. So from USDC um, to AUD. Um, uh, right now, we're supporting pay ID and bank transfers um, for the Australian users, and we're working on uh, you know more on and off ramp 
uh, for different countries, hopefully coming up in the next couple of quarters. Um, we also recently released, uh, you know, an update to the web app where we now are setting USDT and BUSD. Um, at the moment, still on Ethereum. And as I said, um, hopefully in the next three months, we're looking at, um, you know, expanding that to support more networks um, with Terra being one of it. Okay, gotcha. And so what I'm wanting to gauge here, so we've got probably another half an hour left in this call. And if there's anyone that's listening that you're, you're coming up with some questions, if you have anything that you would like to ask, just chuck your hand up. I'll see it on the screen and I'll bring you up. But while that's while, while you're considering your questions, um, you know we're looking at a five percent. Essentially, it, it's a the first. It says here the first release, you get a USDC based Teak wallet, which earns five mm-hmm. percent in its balance uh, in real time. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to know the the inner workings of where the five percent is being generated and and yeah. how how it's sustainable and uh, the ins and outs of that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, in the wake of Anchor, we were um, very much um, concerned in um, coming up with a, uh, you know, with a yield solution that we were um, satisfied with, uh, something we could just, uh, you know, utilize um, and that we could sleep at night, <laughs> so to speak. Um, so. You know, we spend a lot of time into understanding where the yields come from and understanding what makes sustainable yield versus unsustainable yield. Um, and, you know, also a lot of time into understanding, you know, the difference between yield coming from DeFi versus yield coming from um, more centralized um, providers, right? So, you know, the lowdown is, well, if you go for the DeFi yield, do you get exposure to protocol risk? And potentially, you know, like, you know, stablecoin um, risk as well. Um, if you go down the more CFI component, um, you expose yourself to counterparty risk and, you know, again, uh, stablecoin risk. Um, so, you know, it's almost like to each their own. Um, if you want to go in DeFi, you need to have a good understanding of our certain protocols works, it's good to basically know the team behind They make sure that you build rapport there. Um, and that, you know, like you take a very active approach in managing the yield. So something should happen, you always need to be able to, you know, take this money out in a heartbeat. Um, so that like no clients find an impact, which is basically what happened with us and Anka. Um, on the CFI component, however, is more so like, you know, you trust the counterparty, um, and like that's already a big thing on its own, especially you know what happened with like some larger counterparties that you know I guess we all know the stories there. Um, so like you need to trust the counterparty, and to build that trust, really, there's some few components that you need to have in place, such as um, you know it's so important to have a snapshot of the financial standing of the counterparty. It's so important to understand really deeply what this counterparty is doing with the money that you're entrusting them with. Um, it's very important to know, um, you know, the level of risk, the level of leverage, the level of, um, you know, um, you know, also comfort that these people are operating in the market. Um, so where we landed um, with the first release of yield and anyways, yield is going to be, an ongoing piece of work for us regardless. Um, it's that, um, you know, we be generating yield by, you know, entrusting with a few counterparties that we spend a very long time working with, that we spend a very long time, um, you know, like understanding their business, understanding, um, you know, where the yield is generated. Um, and so today we're in a position where we can say that we, um, you know, very comfortably um, generate this 5% in a way that we very much satisfy and it's very much sustainable. So um, we are utilizing, you know, a bunch of different strategies. These strategies are what are called market delta, market delta neutral strategy, meaning that, um, you know, regardless of market conditions, um, 
you know, like you don't take any directional risk and that, um, you know, some yield is generated uh, without being exposed to being, uh, you know, long or short um, one way, but more so you'll be taking both sides of the trade and then collect, uh, you know, the yield that is generated. So to give you some um, examples um, of what are we doing today? Um, so there's some market making strategies. So basically, you know, some of the money gets allocated to market making um, where, um, you know, like a uh, order book gets funded. Hey, Bernie. I think, you, I think you're on mute, buddy. And it's where it must be spaces that is wigging out. Um, where did you guys lost me? Uh, about 10 seconds. Just rewind about 10 okay. seconds there. Yeah. So I was saying, you know, like we generate uh, yield through market making strategies, uh, through uh, basis trading, which is basically when you, um, you know, take a long or a short position and then you are um, offsetting the other side and then you're collecting what's called the funding rate. Um, so um, almost like, you know, on perps exchange or on, um, you know, like wherever there is a funding rate to be collected, we could be there. Um, and otherwise, we also, there's also some option market data and neutral strategies option trading that can be uh, put in place where you're effectively utilizing somewhat uh, be more sophisticated strategy to create a delta neutral position and, you know, still generate um, and still collecting the premiums on the options. Um, the things that, you know, I want to say is that we're not the one, you know, we're not traders. So we're not the one effectively uh, operating these trades. Um, the people operating these trades are, um, you know, our investors, um, namely, you know, Ledger Prime is probably the most, um, I guess, the most notorious. Um, if you guys don't know who Ledger Prime is, um, they're amongst the biggest market maker um, in the space. They've been running a, um, a fund for the past five years. Um, a market delta neutral fund for the past five years with very good results. Um, we have, you know, full access to their um, financial for access of their positions. Uh, so that gives us a lot of comfort and clarity uh, into where the money is being deployed. Um, and also, um, you know, we know the team very closely. As I said, we're an investors of ours. So there's very much a lot of alignment there making sure that you know everybody behaves and does um, what is expected to um, however this is almost as i said earlier like the first um the first um you know like the first release in in the year side of things um we would like to be in a position where you know our users uh, will be able to decide you know, where the yield is source and, you know, how it's generated. So, you know, if you as a user are comfortable with taking counterparty risk, um, you know, we would have a couple of, you know, great counterparties that being, um, you know, selected and thoughtfully uh, did the, to make sure they're like, they're worthwhile to be on the platform, um, such as Ledger Prime um, or, you know, if instead you don't want to take any counterparty risk and you're more comfortable with DeFi, we'd be also um, looking at adding, you know, a pure DeFi um, yield strategy that, you know, you can go and access um, through your tick wallet. So very much, I guess, you know, we're very much for giving users the options into how, um, and even if they want yield generator, right? Um, because you know we very much understand that some people um, don't want to necessarily have yield generator putting their stable coin at risk. You know we respect that. Um, so you know in further release of in the next in the next quarter, you know as the mobile app is being released, uh, which is by the way another alpha drop. I think is going to be uh, sometime in December. Um, or like maybe even earlier than that, but um, TBC. Um, 
Yeah, so people will be able to decide whether you know they want to add yield generator on their balance or not. And if not, then they can still use Tick um, to utilize their card and spend the stable coin wherever you know wherever they please. Right, I think I've got you. So essentially, everyone who is signed up with Tick and uses it, it basically has almost a guaranteed five percent uh, rate there. But they have potential to have more should they choose different options. Yeah. Or to have less as well. So uh-huh. you, know, you, you as a user, you come into Tick. I mean, right now there's only yield, so you're more in the alpha release. You come in and yield is there by default. Um, but as part of the new release, um, as part of the new app, being you know, like we need an app first. So the the app is almost the um, necessary platform for us to be able. To effectively to release payments, number one, uh, because we're going to be doing you know virtual card. Um, we're going to be providing that card into your digital wallet, so you can go and spend in store as much as you can spend in online. Um, so, like a mobile app is a key component for that to happen. And then once we have a mobile app, we'll be effectively releasing more and more experiences around you know where that yield is effectively generated from, whether you want any yield if at all. Um, and you know, like I think it's like it's a big part of what we're doing is to give a user the choice of what to do with their money, um, and we just like an enabler um, for them to be effectively able to utilize the stablecoin in the real world. Got it. Um, I'm going to shift to a couple of questions that have come through on our Discord. So if you're not in the OC Discord or Orbital Command Discord, we have a channel which is Twitter questions, and so people, some people mm-hmm. don't like to get up and speak, they like to put their questions in here. So I've got a question here, which is, is Axel USDC uh, compatible? And they're asking what types of USDC uh, are compatible with TIC? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, so I mentioned earlier, um, at the moment, we're just supporting um, Ethereum uh, USDC. uh, That is what um, almost like the first release of the product uh, went out with. Um, However, you know, like, Axel USDC should be a fast follow, um, you know, as part of a release where we'll be supporting uh, more and more networks. Um, you know, Axel USDC will be part of it. Uh, we're utilizing a, um, something I haven't mentioned, we like a custodial solution. Um, so we're utilizing Fireblocks uh, to custody, uh, you know, user funds. Um, all of these funds are effectively segregated. So, you know, if um, if you come on board, you get your own uh, unique wallet and they get associated with your account. We don't really um, mix funds, um, you know, for the purpose of it. Uh, so, like, you always would have funds in your own wallet um, if you were there to spend it. However, if you were there to generate yield, then, you know, clearly the funds is not in your wallet anymore, but you still be able to spend it. Um, Axel USDC, um, effectively, like Terra 2 is something is um, already supported uh, by Fireblocks. So for us, it should be just more of a matter of, you know, like finding the time and resources um, to uh, initiate the, um, you know, the initiative for us to support more network. So it shouldn't be um, something super difficult. Um, I think like the... The, the more complex bit would be, um, you know, almost said, it's not the ability to accept this coin, it's the ability to like pour them over to, you know, different networks at a different um, time. So, because we want to almost like call the balance in one network or like a bunch of networks, like you almost might think that, okay, if somebody's coming through Ethereum, that's cool. If somebody comes through Terra, um, what are you going to do with that? You're going to leave it on Terra. You're going to put it all over to like almost settlement internal network that we're using, or you're going to leave it there. So I guess that's the only complexity there. Um, in terms of supporting and be able to depositing, um, that should be relatively quick. And I, yeah, and I think it's going to be something that will happen after um, we have released the first, um, you know, our first uh, mobile app and um, payment. So once sure, two sure. things are out, I guess that's where we're going to be seeing, um, you know, actually UCC and more stablecoin and more networks being supported. 
Got it. And just to piggyback on one of the things that you were saying a second ago about figuring out whether or not you, the porting is is the challenge, figuring out do you leave them on their individual networks or do you have a, you know, mm. find a way to port them over? Is there a direction that you're currently in favor of at this point in time? Um, I mean, conceptually, I would be like, this is what conceptually what I would like to be able to do is, you know, you as a user, um, it's almost like doesn't matter to you where you're holding your coins. It doesn't matter which network you're holding your coin on. Um, you should just be able to deposit it and utilize it like it's real cash, right? Like there shouldn't be no complexity uh, from a user point of view and say, oh, I got this money on Terra and now I got to put it over to Ethereum or whatever else to spend it, right? Like all of that we want to be doing for you. So like it's almost like we want to completely abstract that um, complexity away, almost like that, um, you know, like that cognitive load that a user would have to go through to understand which network do I want my coins on. Um, so it's almost like we want to be able to um, accept all of the stable coin from all of the networks, um, you know, on the way in. On you know, at, once they in, we that's the thing that we I'm not entirely sure yet is whether you know, and what network are we going to be using for like call it internal, um, you know, transaction purposes, like for internal settlement, but also would like to be able to offer a user on the way out when you redraw your money, you get to decide it on which network you want your coin back. So you could come in on Terra, for instance, and then you might want to go out on Solana or you come on on Terra and you want to go out in um, algorand or whatever like we would like to be able to offer that seamlessly so you know it's almost like you can also use it as quasi bridging solution um but you know that then that requires a bit more thinking on you know what happened in, in the middle step so like not really um i mean i know conceptually where i would like us to sit um but it's not something that we really spend um yet a lot of time on um just because of this other priority and you know as you might appreciate, with a relatively small team. So we need to focus on the uh, priority item first. Sure, yeah, there's certainly levels of complexity to to it, and it's it's not something that you'll do overnight. So I, I guess, um, yeah, taking, taking time to consider the best route is uh, a wise move. Now, I've got a couple more questions that have come through on the Twitter, and I'm aware, oh, sorry, on the Discord, and I'm also aware that we're about 12 minutes from the hour. So I want to kind of just rapid fire these through to you if I can. Yep. And and the first one is actually, I'll ask my own question and I'll go to the Discord questions. My question was around uh, gas fees. So mm-hmm. we all know that Ethereum in the past, uh, it can just have super exorbitant gas fees. Yep. And, uh, and that's not something that we have a great deal of control over. So how do you navigate the gas fee situation when you're mm-hmm. spending stable coins uh, with your take card etc yeah um so i mean and that's one of the reasons why we eventually want to move away from ethereum and we just like started on ethereum as the starting point because it's um you know call, call it the safest bet um however the way that you would handle it is um so and and then it depends right so there's there's two scenarios here so it depends whether you have and like here, I'm talking like future stay with when you'd be able to decide whether you want to have your money, um, you know, earning a rate of return or not. So there would be two scenarios. There. So if you have your money earning a rate of return, what we would do, it would be very simple. So say you have a hundred dollar earning you five percent per annum. Those hundred dollar effectively they're being lent out to you know, counterparty or to a DeFi protocol or whatnot. Um, and then you go and spend $10 at a coffee shop for, you know, like your pastry and coffee. What we would do is we go and check whenever you cut a step, whether your balance has enough um, to cover for the transaction. Um, so it's what's called delegated auth. If it is, we just go and say, yeah, cool. Let the transaction go through. We effectively using our own money from a float um, to settle for that transaction, and then at the end of the day, we would, you know, like call it call the counterparty or whatever, and say, "Hey, give 
give us back those $10 that has been spent that then we need to send to MasterCard. So in that scenario, like we would end all the gas fees uh, internally if there were any or like, you know, and that's why almost you want to move away from Ethereum because if you do that, you know, today it's still manageable, but, you know, in another bull market, you might spend way more than what you, um, you what you actually spend in gas fees alone. Um, so, you know, if you have a different settlement layer that allows you to settle this type of transaction for like cents on the dollar, um, you know, that's way more manageable than doing it um, on a, um, I suppose, like, you know, network such as Ethereum. Um, however, the second scenario is, and by the way, stop me if that doesn't make sense. Um, the second scenario is like, if you instead don't have money in earn, um, it would be the same scenario whereby we just say, okay, does, um, you know, Doc has enough money in his account. Yes, he does. Let the transaction go through. We front the cost. And at the end of the day, we would just do a bunch of smaller withdrawal uh, from all of the wallets to, um, you know, get the amount that has been spent and then send it out to, um, you know, like the, 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 the card issuer that effectively is maintaining the float with us. So, you know, there's a few, call it intrication in the model. And that's why we also like very much need to move away from Ethereum before the next bull market starts. But like internally, all those, all of those movements will be funded by us. Gotcha. Okay. On the user experience side of things, so I was playing with it before. I've, I've set up an account. It, you know, it's all very seamless and easy to use. Uh, as far as getting it all going, uh, it looks amazing. You know, the whoever's in charge of all your visuals, they're doing a fantastic job. Um, and so the question I have relates to this, it's basically on the wallet side of things, you know, are there any features, uh, that we can expect to see that makes Teak wallet stand out from the Obi wallet? Yeah. Um, what is Obi wallet, by the way? I mean, I don't think I'm familiar with that. Yeah. It's kind of hard to answer the question if we don't know what, uh, exactly Obi wallet provides here. So what I might do is just invite the person who ask the question they want to elaborate they can um but i'll ask you another question while that's happening they also said will the mobile app be accessible to rooted and jailbroken devices Ooh, this is a very good question which i don't know if i have an answer for <laughs> um from, i mean i i suppose as far as you would be able to you know, getting on your device, I suppose so. I mean, I've uh, we never really look into it. And, you know, my job has been, uh, I've been building mobile apps basically my entire career, uh, but I never really thought of, thought of it that way. Um, I would imagine that that would be an Android operating system. Um, so probably all you need to do is download the SDK um, the mobile build on your own device and that should work, I would imagine. But maybe that's something that we might be, you know, look into it. Um, you know, if there's an after man for it, definitely something that I'd be happy to look into it. Fantastic. Yeah. I um I can't get the individual who asked the question up, but I do see that someone else here, we've got MB Agar, who you also know, I believe. So I'm just going to bring them up as a speaker. All right, MB, you should have the floor, brother. Hey, hey guys. Um, Brad here. Hey, Bernie. Um, yeah, look, I've, I've been also testing the beta site um, uh, with, with Dr. Doscoin, and it's look, it's great. Um, it, you know, it's a really quite exciting project. I've been following it for, for a long time, since the early Terra days. Um, look, I've got a, uh, just a couple of questions or just clarifications. Mm -hmm. um, um, yeah, a lot of people on our Discord and community um, with orbital command obviously have uh, from other places apart from asia pacific uh where we are um and just you know an idea of when the rollout to the rest of the world might be um might be happening and you may have mentioned this before mm -hmm. um that's the first question yeah um 
All right. So, you know, I got to do some legalese disclaimers here. So that just in the case anyone is listening, it says that I do all of the things. Um, so the product today is open to 149 countries. Um, however, we don't actively market it in under 49 country. Uh, so it's open to people that might want to use it. And, you know, we almost said the, it's almost the ethos that if we can KYC you, then you can use it. I mean, unless you're part of one of the sanctioned countries um, or, you know, some countries that are high risk of money laundering and whatnot. So if you're not part of one of those, it should be good to go and utilize the product. Okay, that's great. And um, as far as the uh, digital card goes, will that be um, also rolled out um, at some future point globally? Yeah. yeah. So, no, that's all good question. All good question, my man. Um, so the digital card, yes. Um, you know, we're very much building a product that is global from day one. And that was one of the, um, I guess, requirements for us to, you know, start with this project. Um, the only catch there, um, if you want to call it a catch for now, is because the card issuers that we're working with um, is an Australian company slash bank, um, they will be settling for now transactions in AUD. Um, so, you know, you might be, I don't know, say I'm just making names. Yeah, you might be in Thailand. Um, you have USDC, you want to go and spend your USDC. Um, you put in tick, you go and tap um, to buy, I don't know, a coffee and a pastry, and then your transaction will settle in AUD. Uh, so that would be, so that's a bit of the pain in the ass. However, what we're working on with, um, you know, this partner of ours is to go straight into USDC settlement. So regardless of where you are in the world, um, you'll be able to get a card um, that you can use, um, you know, wherever this company is accepted, uh, which is pretty much everywhere, um, and effectively pay directly in USDC without having to go through any currency conversion. Cool. So that's great. Um, that's really good. Um, yeah, one more question, Bernie. Um, mm -hmm. so, uh, There's something which I'm sure many people are thinking about. Once they've onboarded into Tick and they got their money earning 5% in the wallet, mm -hmm. which is terrific, um, what about uh, people who then want to go and purchase other crypto assets? Is that going to be a feature in the future? Yeah, that's another good question. Um, and it's something that like I'm debating internally with the team. Um, mm -hmm. I think... I mean, and, and, you know, like, and I'm happy to be wrong and I'm, I'm happy to, you know, at the end of the day, we'll be doing what a user wants. So if that's something that a user will want to have in the wallet, absolutely, that's an option. Um, and also, like, not that difficult to execute on. Um, however, that is one of those features that I think is, like, almost like table stake um, for, you know, the majority of, like, wallet that you see out there. Um, I have these, um, you know, you, you could potentially just like go and say, yeah, you got all these stable coins and you want to buy some crypto, sure, um, that's an option. Or we instead just focus on stable coins and stable coin only. Um, so I don't know, maybe, maybe not. Um, I've, uh, I, I think that's going to be something that's going to come from, you know, um, what a user wants, really. If user would want to be able to buy crypto, with it, then that would definitely something that we look into it. Um, so that's, it's not a no, it's more of a maybe. <laughs> Excellent. Thanks for that. Appreciate it. Thank you, Brad. Thank you, MB. Um, great. So look, I tried to do a bit of recon on OB before uh, this call wrapped up. I was very, as a cursory glance, I'm aware that Pantera, uh, if you're familiar with Pantera, he has something to do with this wallet and I'm sure there's a couple other, you know, uh, he's probably got some other big brain people that have worked on it, but it's essentially seedless onboarding for ease of use plus multi-seed recovery for fund safety plus user spend limits plus non-custodial sub accounts equals the OB SDK. That's, that's all I can offer here. So I don't know what yeah. comparison you can draw, but uh, yeah. I'll give you a chance to try. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it sounds quite different from what we're offering, from what I heard. Um, I mean, first of all, we are fully custodial. Um, you know, like, despite me being a big uh, crypto proponent and believing in being your own bank, um, I also tend to believe that, um, you know, if we're building for adoption, um, you know, non-custodial solution is still like probably five to 10 years away um, from being mainstream. Um, I might be wrong there, but like, that's my gut feel. Um, you know, I've been working, building consumer facing product and people are still struggling to understand what Google Pay or Apple Pay um, is and how to provide a card in their own wallet. So go and ask people to be encastered their own private keys, understanding the concept of wallet, understanding the fact that you might be doing something wrong and there's nobody to call. I think it's a big drawback, um, at least for where we are in the adoption curve. Um, so, and that's why we very much decided to go custodial because if something happened, you can always have somebody to talk to. Um, on the other side of things, I mean, it sounds like a really good product, but you know, I don't have a lot of context, so probably I, I'm 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 gonna stop there. Um, and maybe I just need to do a bit more research on it. But I would love to uh to learn more on it because uh, you know, Pantera is definitely as you said, one of those big brains in the community. So if he's involved with it, it'd be definitely something that we want to um, have a look at for sure. Certainly. So what I'll do, obviously, I'm just looking at the time now. We're on the hour. I want to just check in and see with you. Is there anything that you haven't said today that you wanted to say? Is there anything that I have, any questions I haven't asked um, that, you know, you just, there's some info that you want to provide before we sort of bring this call to an end? Um. I mean, I would just say, you know, reiterate that we're effectively launching tomorrow. Um, you know, I know that this is a product that unfortunately is not on, you know, like on the network that we all wanted it to be with the stable coin that we wanted it to be, uh, but it's there. And, uh, you know, we believe it's solving a problem um, for, you know, especially those crypto native that stable coins and they don't want to, um, you know, almost spend too much time on, figuring out where to source the best deal or how to spend them. Um, so, you know, if you want to go and give it a try, uh, you know, please do and, you know, give us your feedback. We're building this product um, for all of you um, and I'm building it for myself too. Um, so, you know, like I want to hear what works, what doesn't, what can be done better, um, you know, what features you like to see next. Um, also, we'll be doing this NFT drop uh, starting tomorrow afternoon um australia time um which you know clearly i mean i would say i think it's something that you might want to get on but again that's that's up for you guys to decide whether you want to be part of it or not um and you know check it out and there's also one more thing and um, that i forgot to mention is that tomorrow as part of a launch we'll be going live on these um on this platform called Smoothie Awards, um, which is basically a product 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 hunt for Web3. Um, so, you know, and, and that would be one of the things that we require people to do uh, for us to get an NFT. But, you know, if you can go and afford us, uh, that would definitely help us to get uh, this product out um, into more, um, I guess, out in the wild and get more people uh, exposure to it. So that definitely would be helpful and um and yeah i mean thank you all for your time i appreciate uh you know you guys give me the opportunity to share uh you know an update of where we are with the project and uh i hope to be doing this again soon yeah it's been a pleasure having you on the on the call today and i think that you you've got every all the tools needed to be uh to do very well you know i've chatted to quite a few uh like payment processes and card issuers and things like that in the past um and you just you sort of knowing your history with Zip and, and the rest of it, I think that you're in a very good position. Again, I said the user experience is top tier. And and I think the KY thing, C thing works in your favor. I agree. The the non-custodial stuff, it's not going to be ever as popular, I don't think, as the custody stuff. People in general are just, you know, are compliant and want to make sure that they're towing the line and want to feel safe and secure. 
in the in their processes, and I think that the, the KYC offers them that sense of security. So I think that as long as you continue on your path, bright things are on the future. You're very very well positioned at this point in time, and I'm looking forward to seeing how it all unfolds. Everyone that's on the call, I appreciate your time, energy, uh, and effort today being on the call and and just letting you know that we have some more Twitter spaces coming up. If you're not familiar with our spaces, we host them usually two a week, sometimes three a week. Uh, we've got Skelly Punk's on tomorrow. We've got a, a great NFT conversation happening later this week. Calc, uh, who are doing some uh, dollar cost average and automated strategies on uh, Coogee's Fin. They will be on next week. Grab a Dow coming back. Uh, there's a bunch. There's a bunch in the pipeline. So. Keep your eyes and ears open. And if you want more updates, you can always jump into the OC Discord to find out more. With that being said, said uh, Bernie, just want to say thank you again. Really appreciate it, mate. If there's anything that you need, just reach out to myself or the guys at OC and we'll be uh, happy to be of assistance. Amazing. Thank you, guys. You have all a lovely Sunday and I'll talk to you soon. Farewell. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was the Tick Money AMA, hosted by Dr. Doscoin with Orbital Command. Recorded on Saturday, October 29th, 2022. For Terraspaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. Sneaking through back alleys on a little cosplay Broadway all day, looking like the wrong way Resuscitating major players in the waiting room Sifting through the paperwork while I be debating fools Breaking rules, breaking bad, like we always wait for doom Slayed a few in my early years, often hit the shroom Sitting in the dark, waiting for the daily news To let us know what we should believe as the latest truth Stay aloof, writing rhymes in the studio Trying to keep it well lit like filming a movie role Sorting through support from your endorsements Of course we're tripping balls, handing reports in the latest proof ain't a way to move, change the view Just a bunch of pack of heads living in a chicken coop Picking at the dinner, finger licking like the plate is gizzle Kick it for a minute then show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Big thinking energy always gets the best of me When I kick it in the lab, messing with new recipes Gotta mix and match, flip the lash, letting rhythm scratch No shit, spitting facts with my vision smash Big trip aristocrats, dishing out a list of trash Missing wisdom, this fish is too big to catch Better let the missus know where you hit the stash Watch your next step, bro, before you hit the traps Walking on eggshells, tripping over landmines And I'm about done dealing with these damn lies Man, I'm looking at this planet like a franchise Chastised into digging holes in the back nine the latest proof ain't a way to move, change the view Just a bunch of peck of heads living in a chicken coop Picking at the dinner, finger licking like the plate is good So kick it for a minute, then show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two